Hey everybody, welcome back to Cointel Bros. Uh, I am your host, Sun, with my co-host, Zero. That's me. Or DJ Z. And, um, <laughs> DJ Z. <laughs> I don't know, I just love calling you that. Today is going to be a fun one. Today it's like very Indiana Jones. Uh, we're going to be discussing uh, sun worship and solar deities and the solar trinity and uh, why we see that cross-culturally um, since the beginning of time and how we see it now in a uh, modern Babylonian society. Yeah. So, yeah, let's yeah. figure we could just kind of jump in head first a little bit. So, obviously, <laughs> the sun is probably like the most important aspect of life on earth aside from you know the earth itself but without thinking like too much about about that at i i feel like back in the day when like a lot of this stuff was starting to be developed um when humans were, were kind of gaining consciousness and like figuring out their surroundings or whatever no matter what timeline you really put that on um it kind of took a while to really think about the earth or like where they was like where they were as like a place or a thing. And so the one thing that they saw was like the sun. So that's why I think that like sun worship and like adoration of the sun was kind of always more important than like the earth because the earth was always there and it was kind of taken for granted. It was part of like the permanent scenery, but then like the sun would, would come in and out of frame, so to speak. But within that, like even like back in the day, like the earliest, sort of like collective human uh thought like about their surroundings was like the importance of the sun right and it was very easy for ancient peoples to figure out that the sun was the reason that the crops grew the sun was the thing that brought light it brought warmth it it was a natural occurring a part of their life that then they would later try to recreate through artificial means, you know? So like when the sun was out, it was warm. And then they would try to recreate that warmth by building shelter. There was light that was given by the sun. And then they would try to recreate that light by making fire because these were like the ideal conditions for their, for their world or whatever was like when the sun was out, you know, that was kind of when, when everything would operate like the, the best that it could. Right. And through that, people start to worship the sun and and incorporate that into their ideas of their life and then, like, the larger shit that was going on. You know, this is, like, before really organized religion. Um, there's evidence that proves that, uh, that that shows that the sun was sort of, like, the focus of any type of, like, higher thought. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, so within that, you have, first and foremost... Um, a split between the aspects of what the sun is or what the sun represents. So there's a feminine side and there's a masculine side to the sun and, and its attributes. And that's how you'll get dating the whole way back, um, either a sun goddess or a sun god, right? Or the combination of both. Yeah, or like the androgynous, androgynous uh, deification of, of the sun, so to speak. And so you'll have the... The feminine and nurturing aspects of the sun where it brings you warmth, it brings you uh, this like the sense of security and stuff. And that is sort of tied to the feminine aspect. And then for the masculine aspect, you have this idea of like the protector, 
and this provider and, and things like that. So it, it's interesting to look at like where that divide sort of happens because it's sort of split down the middle when you go back to like ancient cultures or even like not that far off. There's sort of an even split between the feminine aspects and the masculine aspects of the sun, but it's typically in like a pantheon or in like a cosmology it's always around the top. It's always around the pinnacle. So you'll see like the sun either being or representing the Godhead or the leader of the pantheon or, or something like that. It was always one of the most important parts of any uh, system, any religious system, whether they be anthropomorphized or not. And so one of the earliest parts of observing the sun and sort of mystifying it or, or trying to figure out what the fuck is going on is this idea of a solar barge. And you see it, uh, you know, across many, 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 many cultures, like, you know, like the Romans and the Vedics and the Chinese, the Norse, the Greek, everybody all across the, the world had an idea of like the sun being transported across the sky you know, so it was in a boat, it was being dragged by horses, it was in a chariot. There's all these different ideas of it of it traveling across the sky and either it goes away and comes back or you can get into some of like the stuff where there's like the the duality of light and dark and then like the the battle that happens every day or whatever which we can get into later, but like so you have like the idea of like the solar barge and the idea of the the sun traveling back and forth, and this is just it traveling back and forth day and night. Um, we'll get into the um, the zodiac stuff, like the travel around, like like the Earth's travel around the sun, or like the sun's travel around the zodiac, and, and all that kind of stuff too. But um, when you look at like the the sun sort of starting to be personified and being anthropomorphized, um, after you have the the solar barge aspect of it. So you have the, the traveling of the sun. Um, you then get into if the sun is the object of worship or if the sun represents like another deity. And that is a, a distinction that needs to be made when you're looking at solar worship um, because you will have cults and religions and tribes and stuff who worship the physical sun the sun as like a big ball of light in the sky. And then you have people who worship the sun as like the avatar or the physical representation of. Right. Yeah. And so. Yeah. The, so there's like that Trinity too, where it's, there's like an intellectual sun, the spiritual sun, and then the physical manifestation of the sun and then the matrix version of the sun. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I just want to add to that. Yeah, yeah. And so then when you get outside of, of that kind of stuff, then you get into the where the sun sort of plays into the, the pantheon of gods. And not to get too deep into, like, the creation of religions and stuff, but, you know, back then the natural parts of existence were personified so they were e more easily explained. I think that's kind of like the best way to sort of put it very, very briefly. Well, not even like explained, but also controlled, right? Because we can see historically that religion is controlled by a few 
people in order to manipulate um, their masses or their the uh, what is like a group of people that show up for church? I don't know what that's congregation. called. Congregation. Like, yeah, a congregation. So you can easily steer steer your congregation if you have this religion. Yeah, exactly. But the these religious systems pop up popped up as a way to explain or understand the world. And that's why you'll have um, all these different deities and they interact with each other in different ways. And you have the creation myths and, and all these different, uh, you know, mythological stories. And at their core, for the most part, they're supposed to either um, portray lessons or be a way to sort of creatively explain the world around them. Mm-hmm. And that's why you'll you'll find a lot of stuff where there's a good deity representing the sun and a bad deity representing either night or like maybe the moon or something. And then the way for them to explain why the sun goes away every day and why it comes back in the morning is that there's like an eternal struggle between light and dark and they're fighting and one wins and then the other one wins and stuff like that. Yeah. So that was called like Brahma in Hinduism Mm -hmm. and basically like it was the breath of life. So when you inhale, that's like creation or the sun rising. And then when you hold your breath in, that's like preservation or the war. Um, And then when you exhale, that's like destruction or night or the moon. Exactly. And all these, um, just pretty much every fucking civilization, Mm -hmm. just spanning the entire planet, had some sort of religious system that involved the sun. Like religion is is one of these things that you find cross-culturally, which is very interesting, but also the fact that they all interpreted the natural world and thus everyone had like something going on with the sun, right? And it's it, that's kind of what we wanted to cover in this was like the universality of like worshiping the sun, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. how it's interesting how they all kind of had the same shit they all had kind of the same attributes, even though they allegedly were not in communication, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you get outside of outside of some of that other stuff, like when you look at the deity that the sun is supposed to represent, normally they have what is called a, uh, a, a sun disk or a solar disk behind their head. And this is one of the things that where you're when you become initiated into some of these mysteries or some of these teachings or these secrets, you can see it for what it is. And I know it's going to get brought up later, but when you hide the truth um, regarding what what you're worshiping or what you're giving your attention to, then that's a way to control people. So when you when you teach a gospel that is like there's a guy in the sky and he controls the lightning. And if you don't do what he wants, then we're going to have thunderstorms. So y'all got to do this stuff to make him happy. Like that bastardization of nature is kind of like the, the evil parts of, of organized religion. And a lot of it all stems from the natural world. And um, at the top of that natural hierarchy is always the sun. So you find a lot of the, the figureheads of, religion or like the heroes and, and, and things like that, the good guys or whatever, the, the one you're normally mm-hmm. trying to impress or appease or, right. you know, whatever is normally going to be the, the deity that is represented by the sun. 
Um, but they wanted to keep that secret or they didn't want to make that public or it would kind of ruin their whole fucking thing if you realize that there really wasn't like this being that was, you know, uh, born on December 25th and died on the cross and rose for three days. It had 12 disciples, like all this stuff because that's all just, that's all just the sun. And I'll get into that in a second, but like, yeah, yeah. If people found out that what they're really doing is they were, they were sort of duped. They were sort of tricked into believing this wonderful tale. And a lot of those stories are really good. Like they're really good works of fiction, but like when, yeah. when you, if you were to realize that, Oh wait, this stuff isn't real. It's just a story based around the sun that's been perpetuated forever. Then you would lose control of people and stuff like that. So all this stuff was hidden but they had clues everywhere so the initiated could kind of figure it out and they could perpetuate these systems and these stories. So anytime there was like a solar deity, whether they were explicitly named that or not, they had a solar disc around their head. And it was normally just mm-hmm. like a circle that would always be, you know, behind them. It's very famous with Jesus. We're going to use, I'm going to use Jesus as a with lot like of the, the throne or the crown of thorns or whatever. Yeah, the sun mm-hmm. rays or the, the thorns. Um, but so I'm going to use Jesus as like a stepping stone because he's kind of the most well-known thing and a good jumping off point to then explain that, that this story was used to, uh, to, you know, to talk about a lot of different people Mm -hmm. in air quotes, people. Um, so once religion starts to develop and society starts to develop, there starts to be this phenomenon where you used to have just straight up deities that were the sun or that were supposed to represent the sun. You had Sol Invictus and you had like Horus and, and all these people who explicitly were like, I, this is the sun and we're writing mm-hmm. a story about it. And we're, but we're worshiping the sun. Right. And then it evolved into these more human like characters who were still doing the same shit, who were still perpetuating the same story, but it no longer was all this like crazy cosmic magic involving like blatantly being like, this is what the sun does. Now they're taking all the sun's attributes and, you know, and applying them to a person. And so you can also find this very easily in their, in their physical uh, manifestations, like in like pictures and paintings, because they're going to have a solar, the solar disk behind their head, which literally just mm-hmm. represents the fucking sun. It means that they're the sun. Yes. You know? And so I guess I can... Well, yeah. So not only are they just like the sun, but they're supposed to be uh, symbolic for like this light of grace or mm-hmm. like the savior. Um, and in all of these the stories... The light, you'll the truth. That, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Saving light. But then there's like this counterpart that is like the false light and that's meant to be Lucifer. Um, But that's kind of why people are like, you need to be saved in the Bible. That's not necessarily being like, forgive me of my sins, which there's a whole, you know, deep meaning into that as well. But there's like this Lucifer or this upside down triangle. And then you have like this Christ or Christos or anointing one. um, Mm -hmm. And it's like the right side up triangle. Exactly. And you will, um, if you start to like, look at the different deities that were supposed to represent the sun, either explicitly or not, you're going to find the same, um, descriptors for all of them. The lamb of God, the chosen one, the son of God, God's son, the anointed one, the truth, the light, um, you mm-hmm. know, like, like all these things are used to describe these, these different figures 
who, you know, were not explicitly like, hey, this guy's the son. You know what I mean? Right. But the yeah, hero yeah. in a lot of these myths is still the son. It's always been the son, but they, they hid right. it because people stopped really giving a shit about worshiping the sun, you know? And it was easier to be like this, like to make up this story that people believe because they gave them hope and gave them, it's, you know, it's a better story. It's more. Yeah, it does. It, and that's what it's meant to do. Um, but also if we have these people running corporations that are billionaires and um, their interest is in oil and for-profit goals, um, they can, harness the ability to mimic the sun and to mimic the powers of sun. So now I know that there was a trend for a while with those uh, lamps that imitated UV or something. And they were like sad, sad lamps or something. But um, all this to say that there is still this physical and metaphysical aspect of like a false light and a true light. Um, and zero mentioned the lamb or the lamb of Christ and we'll also get into that because that's related to the zodiacs and the, like you were saying, the animal personification of that. Yeah, no, for real. That's some real shit. Um, mm -hmm. uh, before I get into the zodiac thing, which I think is probably the most interesting stuff of all this, cross cultural mm -hmm. at least, um, another uh, cross cultural aspect of the solar religions is that a lot of their um, their structures, their relics, or whatever still exist and they're all astrological and not to get like too deep into it. Cause it's not really my field of expertise, but like people back in the day, um, realized like the cyclical nature of what was happening in the sky. And they used it to not only like uh, keep track of time, but to predict things and to recognize these patterns and stuff like that. And then in order mm -hmm. to, to organize the sky and to organize everything, then they made constellations and their zodiacs and their stuff like that. So that's how all this shit sort of happened. But it happened all, uh, if you want to believe the current timeline of all these different cultures popping up in different places around the globe, um, then somehow they all came up with this same idea at the same time, right? So they all started- right not only mapping time, but mapping distances and travel and stuff like that with the sky. And they gave stories to everything that was going on to make it, uh, to help them remember what was happening above them and, and, and all this stuff. Um, and, uh, shit, I forgot where I was going with that. Um, but then, um, oh yeah. So a lot of the, the mega structures and like the temples and stuff, they're all astrologically lined. And of course, mm -hmm. I would imagine anybody who likes conspiracy stuff, you know, has seen like how the pyramids in Egypt align with Orion's belt or like there's all these sun temples and temples of the sun God. And during certain times of the year, like the architecture lines up or like windows or portholes or gateways. And, you know, during like different equinoxes and solstices and stuff like that, like it's a way to keep track mm -hmm. of time, you know. Um, and it's interesting because all this stuff is like very out in the open, but you're either not taught it. Or you're, you know, it's meant to be suppressed because it kind of lets you look behind the curtain as to what's going on with like religion and a lot of world power in it. Yeah, without any context or details or actual clues uh, to piece the codes together, because the codes are meant for initiates. And yeah, that's exactly. Something to like remember. Yeah, exactly. It's all just a system that was put in place to control people. You know. Yeah, it's institutionalized symbolism, mm -hmm. and it's a snare. A devious trap. But it's interesting because psychologically, uh, 
patterns and images were either discovered or were just sort of bred in us through generations and generations of, of recognizing these symbols and like, and like through culture and stuff that now like they are very, very powerful images and very powerful ideas um, that yes. will stick I with mean, you. What is, what is that one studio that in the beginning of every movie, it's like MGMT with the lion or uh, the statue M of Liberty. Uh, what Paramount, uh, Paramount. What, what Paramount has the mountain, I think. MGM has the lion, the Universal that has the statue, Lady Columbia or whatever. Right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, just like to that. list off of like a very small sample of how this is kind of used. And once again, if it's used in entertainment and you have a lot backing up monetarily, <laughs> it's it's to spread a message because of the way that we um, digest images. Exactly. 100%. So I want to kind of get off of the more material part of it just by really quickly sort of going over the whole like myth of the sun sort of thing. And I'll use Jesus as an example because it's an easier one to really use. But so basically, when you look at a lot of these uh, solar religions or these these heroes that are represented by the sun... You're going to find this same story, and this is all completely astrological. It is all a way to uh, explain what the sun does throughout the year, right? So you have the sun, which would be represented by Jesus, God's sun, you know, the, the light of the world, the bringer of whatever, hanging out in the cloud, crown of thorns, all that bullshit. That's all just legit the fucking sun, right? And you'll find with all these other deities that they always have 12 disciples. There's 12 of fucking everything, and the reason for that is because there's 12... Uh, zodiac uh, what constellations are, are in the zodiac there's there's 12 things yeah. of the zodiac whatever the fuck they're called they're 12 zodiac mm -hmm. and so all of these systems all these stories based around these heroes and these figures um, is just sort of talking about the sun's trip every year through the mm -hmm. zodiac and around the zodiac and so you'll have you know every different every single different zodiac like has different attributes attributed to it based off what they personified it as. So they have like Pisces, which are the fish. And so Jesus fucked around with fish all the time or like the Aquarius with the water. And so Jesus fucked around with people with bottles, you know, with water and just, it's all that kind of stuff. Pisces with uh, Judas or whatever. Yeah. Can I go through the details of each 12? Do it. Yeah. So, um, and a lot of these references cross-culturally, even if it isn't talking about Christianity, there's always like these three days so the sun dies for three days at the winter solstice to be born again or resurrected on December 25th. So that, and that happens annually. Um, the son of God is born a virgin, which refers to both the new or virgin moon and the constellation of Virgo. The sun's birth is attended by the bright stars. So either Sirius or Sothis, which is like the black sun, um, or the planet Venus and by the three Kings, um, and that represents uh, the or like the stars in the belt of Orion. Mm -hmm. um, the sun at its zenith or 12 noon um, is in the house or heavenly temple of the most high. <laughs> um, and then you have, where is the other one? Yeah. So the sun enters into each sign of the zodiac at 30 degrees. Um, hence the son of God. And like, that's why Jesus started his ministries at the age of 30 or so it states, um, the sun of the visible heavens has moved northward 30 degrees and stands at the gate of Aquarius, the water bearer, 
or John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is really interesting too. I would honestly kind of like to do an episode on him, not that he's fictional or non-fictional, but um, there are also a lot of John the Baptists just amongst so many cultures, cultures, stories. Yeah, when you get into these these solar figures, there's always someone who initiates them. There's always someone who baptizes them. That's a big part of of sort of like this this cross cultural, uh, you know, thing that's happening right. right now, where it's all the same fucking thing, but just uh, depicted through these different cultures. Yeah, and then um, there was like the sun is the carpenter who builds his daily houses or twelve two hour divisions so that it's 24 hours. The sun's followers or disciples are the 12 signs of the zodiac through which the sun must pass. Um, and a lot of this, I know it's just like kind of all over the place, but yeah, look this stuff up. Um, but it's important to sun, know this stuff, you know? It is. No, this is, if you want, if you're interested in this, then you're you're going to want to know more. Like always, I don't, I don't know of a conspiracy theorist who kind of just like stagnates when they think they've known enough, like there's always more to learn. Um, but the sun changes water into wine by creating rain, ripening the grape on the vine and fermenting the grape juice. The sun walks on water or, you know, is anointed when it's rays dip into the sea, referring to like the reflection. Um, and when it, when the sun sets, you see the reflection of the moon, right? So like the moon is the sun's reflection. Um, the sun triumphantly rides an ass and her foal into the city of peace when it enters the sign of cancer, which contains two stars called little asses <laughs> and reaches its fullness. Uh, the sun is the lion when in Leo, which is the hottest time of the year, um, which is called the throne of the Lord. Um, and then the sun is betrayed by the constellation of the scorpion or the backbiter, which is the time of the year when the solar hero loses his strength or when like the sun dies down and becomes its weakest and the night kind of takes over which mm -hmm. is in um september and or october and november um the sun is then crucified between the two thieves of sagittarius and capricorn so after scorpio you have sag and then cap and then the sun the sun is hung on a cross which represents its passing through the equinoxes or the vernal equinox being easter the sun darkens when it dies uh, which is the solar god as the sun of evening or of autumn with the suffering, dying sun or the dead sun buried in the netherworld. So the black sun or Sirius again. And we're seeing like a return back to Sirius from the beginning. Um, the sun is with us always to the close to the close of age, referring to the ages. Or that's not important. Okay. Um, yeah. And then the sun wears a corona or a crown of thorns or a halo and um, when you're doing sun worship or solar deity worship, you're going to run into the word corona or crown a lot, which, yes, it is not a coincidence. That is why we're seeing that word being thrown around a lot and having it sensationalized right now is because we're seeing the end of a time and um, a lot of old powers are dying. And those that have power right now kind of know how to read that code and they're trying to brainwash us with that word consistently being on all the time. The, yeah, doesn't like the age of Aquarius start at like 2160 or something like that? So we're seeing like the end of the age of uh, Pisces? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So, so it, I mean, depends who you ask and where you read it. I'm under the impression that the age of Aquarius began in 2012 where the age of Pisces died. 
And there's a lot to that too. I would love to do a whole episode too on like 2012 and like why we died. In oh, we could. That'd be fun. Like the calendar. Fun. Um, Wait, but but before before that moves on, um, especially for like for biblical reference, when you look at this succession of power, so Moses was um, the representation of the age of Taurus, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. was the bull. That's why he's always fucking around with the fucking ram's horn and a lot of the old um, Jewish traditions still involve a ram's horn and stuff yes. like that. And then from that, it passes on to the age of Jesus, and he was a – that's the uh, age of Pisces, and that's the whole fish thing. That's why motherfuckers always got two fish and shit like that, and you mm-hmm. have the the mm-hmm. Jesus fish, right? Like all this stuff is very much out in the open. Um, and then the next phase is going to be Aquarius, and that's why like there's a thing in the Bible about like Jesus being like, you know, like once I'm gone, look at the guy who has the – is pouring out a bottle of water or whatever – right yeah. right and so like with this changing of the guard happening you always have these these instances of turmoil where where power is being shifted over from one to the other that's the whole uh, moses on the mountain and freaking out about the the golden calf and stuff like that was mm-hmm. uh trying to transition people from worshiping uh the old the old uh age and getting them ready for the new age so taking them out of taurus and into and into Pisces. And now we're seeing that now where we're going out of uh, Pisces and into Aquarius. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, yeah. And once again, like a lot of this was just used so people could farm <laughs> and tend Honestly, the yeah. land yeah. correctly. Like that's really it. Like their worship was the worship of the nature. Yeah. It's a way to understand what's going on around you. Yeah. Um, before we jump ahead, um, you brought up two things that I just wanted to very, very quickly kind of get into a little bit more. So these, mm-hmm. um, part of the whole story of this figure dying and then resting for three days and then coming back up that, that you talk about how that, that is with the, what the solar, that's the solar equinox, right? The solstice. Yeah. yeah the solstice. It's the shortest day of the year and shit. So, mm-hmm. When you look at when that happens, so like when the sun dies on December 25th or whatever, directly above it is the Southern Cross. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, was that, five stars or four stars? And it, it makes the sign of a, of a cross, makes the sign of a lowercase t. So that's why in all these different religions, you're going to find something involving a crucifixion or something involving a cross, dying on the cross, something about the cross. Because that was the sign that was directly above the sun when it was at its lowest point, and it rested there for three days, and then it starts to come back up. So it's born again, it's risen again. So you're going to find the cross everywhere, and it comes from it comes from two things, which is very interesting. It's a very interesting symbol. It's a very powerful symbol. It's one of the oldest and most used symbols in in human history. But this lowercase t, this this cross, this cross sign. Not only does it represent the actual physical phenomenon of looking at this solar cross that rests above the sun while it's resting for three days. It also is the shorthand for the wheel of the Zodiac. Because when you look at a cross inside of a circle, which is now it is a ubiquitous symbol for Christianity. And as Mm -hmm. we've tried to explain, Jesus is supposed to represent the sun, right? And so all the Jesus stuff is just about the sun. So his symbol is a cross, which represents the Zodiac, and it's in the circle, which represents the what the wheel of the Zodiac. And so the actual physical cross itself in that context represents uh, the solstice, the solstices, solstice mm-hmm. solstices, yeah. whatever plural solstice is, and the equinoxes, right? It's the four, the four points of, of the year that involve 
the the um the the changing of of how much light and how much sun happens per day, right? Mm-hmm. And that's something that is cross cultural, and that you know, again, needed to be figured out in order to survive for farming and stuff like that. So that is a very powerful symbol, and it's something that is very cross cultural. And the other thing, really quick, was the Virgin Mothership, and so all these deities have a virgin mother. They're all born of a virgin, which is Virgo. But mm-hmm. an interesting thing is the sign for Virgo looks like a letter M. Mm-hmm. And so that's why all of their mothers, their names start with M. So mm-hmm. like there's uh, Jesus's mom was Mary. I think it was Krishna whose mother was Maya. But there's mm-hmm. all these different um, solar mothers, these virgin mothers. They're all going to have M for their first name because M represents Virgo. Exactly. Yeah. And also um, Ma'at is like the matrix or like Ma'at tricks. And that's like the mother of this material world. And that's also starts with an M. I love saying that without like an accent or just being real belligerent and just calling it Matt. Matt. (laughs) Mother Matt. Mother Matt. Yeah. Um, This is a fun one. I also wanted to, if y'all are interested, um, the the certain deities that we see cross-culturally, we also see them being used for other words. So, like, in Hindu, we have Brahma, which means, like, breath or breath of life. But it was also, like, the sun or the sun god. Yep. Um, Persians, we have Mithras. Egypt, we have Atom or the Adam, you know. Yeah. Amun, uh, Tha, or Osiris, which also they have crown thorn or, yeah, crown of thorns. Um Chaldea? Is that how you pronounce it? Dude, uh, I've said it before and I'll say it a million times. I can read these words all fucking day, but do not try to get me to fucking say, say them out loud. Yeah, so their their son was Bell or Baal. Um, and if you are into conspiracy things, you have seen or come across Baal uh, a lot. And it was the fiery sun god in which sacrifices were meant to be made to them or him. Um, Phoenicians had Adonai and the Greeks had Adonis and Apollo. Mm-hmm. And um, once again, we look at, you know, why is Apollo such a household name? Why is it so engraved in our minds? It's because of NASA and um, the spacecraft that they supposedly flew into the sky. <laughs> and even within the people who you've just mentioned, some of these people like to go back a little bit, like some of them were involved in this, uh, the solar barge type of yes. thing. So some of these gods, if they were the actual like God representing the sun, then some of them had their whole thing where it's like, you know, they're just constantly running or they're rowing a boat all fucking day or they're on a fucking a chariot or like there's all this, you know, so that's just kind of like tying it back to that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. And also the people Ah. who you mentioned all had like virgin mothers, had 12 Mm -hmm. disciples, die on a cross, they're resurrected, they perform miracles, you know. Exactly. Um, so here's yeah, a, I think it's a, let me ask you a go, question. Go. I want to ask you a question. Do you think that all of this stuff is um, is the same, right? So all this this cross cultural stuff, these these myths that you find everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that they were all came about organically? Do you think that they were all come to organically, like everyone was observing the sky, developed their own school of thought? 
and just happen to be all the same shit? Or do you think that this points towards like the diaspora theory of like an Atlantis sort of thing where there was like one, like all human culture is, is from like one singular point. And then like, mm-hmm. you know, that was like spread out and, and stuff like that. Cause you can look at it like through the orthodox lens of history where these people didn't fucking communicate and they just came up with all the shit on their own. Isn't it crazy how human beings all understand the universe? Or you right. look at it as like, yeah, they were all taught this by someone or this all came from one place and then we all spread out, you know? Yeah, I I think I tend to look at the world on a very metaphysical aspect. Um, I also have like a true or I have a quote before I answer your question, because I think that there's truth to both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, enlightenment is a destructive process. It has nothing to do with becoming better or being happier. Enlightenment is the crumbling away of untruth. It's seeing through the facade of pretense. It's the complete eradication of everything we imagined to be true. That being said, I believe that we are told and taught in schools that we are insignificant and that this big bang occurred and we just kind of came to be. But the story of Babylon really, really interests me because we have this group of people that were supposedly working together and being united and working in harmony, coexisting. And then all of a sudden, you know, there was sin. Or if you look at sin as being truth or enlightenment, um, some higher power ordered this city to crumble and then disperse. So I believe that we are all the same person. (laughs) Not that I'm a humanist, not that I'm going to give myself a fucking label, but I do believe that we are a reflection of one another. And so if I were to say I was born with this knowledge, then that means my counterparts um, also were born with this knowledge. And that, that just screams true to me because of what I've learned and what I've lived through, through my own strange circumstances and phenomena that aren't really can really not be explained away on a physical or logical sense for this matrix at least um uh, (laughs) that's kind of my answer what do you believe zero i don't know this is one of the things i struggle with (laughs) i I tend to be like more materialist about all this stuff um Mm -hmm. and it kind of (laughs) sucks but like it is something that, like, I, I feel like it could go completely either way, you know? Like, so you could look at it where there are these universal truths that were observed by humans and these systems that were developed, and they are the same because it is this universal truth. It is this language of the cosmos or whatever you want to call it to give it some, like, douchey, you know, air of exceptionalism too, right? And so, like, it could legit be that way to where, like, we did divide ourselves up into these different classes and there were people who spent their entire lives and passed down knowledge while they looked at the stars and looked at nature and they developed these systems and they all observed the same shit and interpreted it in the exact same way or in very similar ways, personified them and used them in stories in order to organize a day and organize a year and organize groupings of years and stuff like that. I think that that could be possible. But then also, if you look at it to where all of this shit is the fucking same and it comes from a common source that can go like two ways that I, I struggle with within that school of, of mm-hmm. thought or, or believing or whatever. So you can either have it to where it's just fucking plagiarism. A lot of atheists and a lot of, a lot of people who try to use like intellectualism or like, it's almost like intellectual, like imperialist thought where it's just like 
religion is dumb and people who are religious is dumb. And like all this can be explained by like very simple science. Like there's, there's atheist intellectuals that really piss me off when they, when they kind of spout that, that, that stuff, not because they're atheists, but just because they act like it's so simple. It's right there. And if you believe this shit, you're fucking dumb. Like Mm -hmm. go fuck yourself. But like within that, like plagiarism is a very, uh, plausible reason right because you can trace it back to be like uh babylonian times or wherever i think they were probably the earliest one to have like this whole sun leader 12 homies die come back a couple days later type of shit Mm -hmm. so you can look at it from this historical view of like since information was so hard to gather if you were the only person in your town or in your wherever who had heard of this idea you can claim it as your own and now you're the smartest person in town even though it's not an original thought so it could Mm -hmm. be a thing to where there was more travel and more dispersion of ideas back in the day that we just aren't aware of and this story originated in one fucking point people liked it and then they took it home with them and then it just spread organically that way amongst people communicating with each other right yeah yeah, it's interesting to see, too, like the sun sets in the east. That's mm-hmm. kind of where the sun is born and it also dies and it like comes from the west. No, and you got it. You look at you that on backwards. the material. Don't you got it backwards? It rises in the east and it sets in the oh, west. Oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah. So it's born in the east and it dies in the west. Is that what I said? Is that what I, that's what I mean. You flipped it around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so if you look at Vril, right, like this Vril nature um, and the... The teachings that they kind of stole, I would say, <laughs> I think that's a fair word, um, from like Tibetan monks and Tibetan uh, and, and uh, Buddhist tantrics. I don't and, know if, um, if they stole it. They tried to appropriate it to their either to meet their own ends or to their, you know, to their, their time and place. Right. Right. Yeah. They. Yeah. I don't know why I want to say like mimic or mock, but yes, because it's disingenuous in nature and then they used it for their own journey and their own objectives. Mm -hmm. But what is important to see, I guess, is kind of where the sun is being born. And if you look at a lot of these stories of of these ancient stories, a lot of brilliant, good heartedness, warmth comes from like, Tibet and and that's always struck me really strange um and then you look at the west and it's very dark over here (laughs) Mm -hmm. it almost like the sun is actually dying over here and that's a very interesting yeah the the Tibet thing also brings up an interesting thing that we we could do later on like the um the idea of mountains involved in religion is Mm -hmm. that happens a lot you find that a lot where there's holy men going to the mountains to receive something or living up there. And that's where they find enlightenment. Right. And right. Yeah. And then, you know, you can look at that from a material point of view and be like, cause the aliens dude. And like, that's the thing too, with like the dispersion of these ideas where that I come to with like, aside from the plagiarism thing is also like, it could be an alien situation or something like that. So where like, Jehovah. Yeah. yeah. To where like these physical extraterrestrial or extra dimensional or whatever beings came down and then physically gave this information to either these different groups all over the planet around the same time. Like, for instance, if something was passing through our solar system, saw there was light and was like, hey, let me throw you guys a fucking bone on our way out of here, you know, threw it, like, talk to us for a little bit and then got the fuck out. 
or it could be like a Tower of Babylon situation to where at one point everybody was in one spot. They were interacted with by something from another place who was like smarter than us and sort of guided us. And then they dipped the fuck out that way. And then human beings split up. So that's kind of like where I struggle with like what I would believe in terms of like why we all have these same myths, you know? I I encourage everyone to go on a shroom trip and ask these questions. Honestly, I know that's like so hippy dippy, but psilocybin is actually such a beautiful gateway and door. And um, and then once you do I, that a couple of times, do some fucking DMT like an adult. Exactly. Yeah. DMT will definitely <laughs> give you some insight into yourself if you're ready for that. But don't do that I've, as your first trip. No. No. I've seen people with power, like material, false light power trip on DMT and they lose their minds because they don't they can't fully grasp this power that they can lose and um, the sacrifice that they would need to give up in order to learn about themselves fully and I think like I'm at this point and, and I feel like everyone is kind of coming to this point of being okay with their own reflection not their physical reflection but you know when you going back to the story of Christ and when he was crucified there were two thieves on his left and right or his east and his west or his white and his black side. And he was in the center, which is very strange to me. And obviously it's like the three, the three days of that also is symbolic for the days. It's also symbolic for the spiritual sun, the intellectual sun, and then the material sun, um, which creates a triangle. And that's why you have like the star of David, um, because you have this, triangle and then the inverse of a triangle and you place that on top you have a pentagram on the inside anyway and also that's that 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 illustrates the duality of of the human experience because was it saint dumas or dumas or whatever the guy on the Mm -hmm. left he was the repentant thief so he was like the good guy who who was i don't know if he was accepted into heaven or not i forget but like you know like he apologized and he like fucked with jesus so he was like the good one yeah yeah and then yeah. the other dude was like an asshole and he didn't fuck with jesus and so he like doesn't get to heaven or something so that also right right so the one on the right or on christ's left if you're looking jesus at it left, if you're if christ, you're, yeah so christ jehovah and jesus are all three different people different entities different ideas Um, But what I was saying is if you kind of look at um, this dualistic perspective, uh, everything's everything's a a reflection. Mm -hmm. Um, So do I think that like E.T. came and gifted us with power? Yeah, I think I came down like a version of my interdimensional self came and gave myself this knowledge. I believe that everyone is writing their own stories in real time. Um, And no, this isn't because I tripped. I think that I've just kind of come to this knowledge in like my own weird way. And everyone is kind of learning that. But it's interesting because then you have like your pineal gland or you have like your chambers divided into four. Um, There's a lot of weird reflections. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, no, 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 that that is that is true. Um. Yeah, is there anything else you wanted to touch on? I think we touched on a lot of that, uh, a lot of the importance, but um, yeah. Um. Okay, well, I mean, I think that the, the important things to kind of walk away from this, and I, I mean, again, 
if, if you're interested in this, I really encourage you to kind of do your own, not do your own research. I don't want that to be like a weird mantra or motto. Um, but like, if this is something that has struck a chord or something that you find interesting, like, please, please look it up. Because I mean, like the whole thing that I wanted people to walk away with is that like the, the idea of the solar story of like, again, Jesus, because it's one that a lot of like Christian and, and like Americans or like Westerners is like very familiar with. And I apologize for a lot of the stuff that we talk about being like American centric or like Christian centric. But unfortunately, like that's not only like where I came from with sort of expanding my knowledge on this shit, but also it's I think that that is unfortunately like kind of the baseline for a majority of like the world's understanding of what like the world is comes from either a Western mm -hmm. experience mm -hmm. or like a Christian experience. Or if it's not what they believe, everyone's kind of familiar with it due to like the western empire that has tried to take over the planet you know so i like right like english is a kind of shitty language but everyone kind of fucking understands it so it's like whatever but like um yeah all this stuff comes from one source you know i don't know what that source is but all of it is explaining the same story it's all the fucking sun and it's used as a way to control people and I believe that the source comes from within us mm -hmm. and that we are the source of light. Um, S-O-U-L-A-R, power. Um, but yeah, there are also reflections of myself that are quadrillionaires that are scared of losing that power um, for whatever reason. And we can go into archons and the way it's being manipulated in the second episode. So if y'all are interested or if you guys enjoyed your time listening to this um indiana jones tale then y'all should subscribe and like uh we are working towards becoming pro and doing this full time it's been mine and, and zero's passion for over a decade um and in order to sustain ourselves and do better research and even travel and document this um visually for you guys to uh, watch along with uh, we need dinero. So subscribe, like, comment, share, tell your buds, be the crazy one in your group, and enlighten some folks. Shatter some untruths together. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything to add. That's that's pretty much the whole thing. Um, okay. <laughs> we you know we have a Patreon. Uh, we have like a like for three bucks you can just kind of support us, and we have a um a Discord chat. You can hang out. We'll talk to you and all that kind of stuff. And for five bucks, you get a extra episode every week called the After Potty, where we kind of talk. It's more personal. It's you know. yeah. So you will you'll be receiving um, also like documents if you pay five dollars a month. And what I mean by that is documents that we've used to research in the past or now, or lists of PDFs of books that I don't know. I think knowledge should be accessible. And if you're paying like $5 a month to see what we're reading I, and read it yourself, I think that's pretty important. You can also participate in the chat and let us know, um, yeah, what you want to see more of. But thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate you. Yep. Be safe. <laughs> yeah. Wash your hands. Wash your fucking hands, you <laughs> dirty motherfuckers. <laughs>